0: What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Phantom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I am here with Casey, and we are discussing the seventh episode of The Walking Dead. The title of the episode is Promises Broken, and this episode picks up where we left off with the last episode with Maggie and her small group running through the woods, trying to get away from the Reapers, and this episode takes quite a few interesting turns. Mm-hmm. Seeing Maggie in a Walker mask <laughs> is really, oh, I don't even know the, the right words to describe it. It was very, uh, I don't know, were you creeped out?
1: She, I was. She did it a little too well. Not, not in the beginning. It was hilarious in the beginning when she it didn't know, you know, the mask was way too big. She couldn't really see out the little eye holes and she yep. tripping the sh- over stuff. So I was just like, get it together, girl. But apparently, Megan is a very good teacher on how to be a walker. Well, I mean. But then we have to remember, he was a teacher. He was. He was very much so.
0: And you could kind of see it. He was probably one of those teachers that got a little bit tough with the kids, but still did what he needed mm-hmm. to do. And they responded to him. And because we, we see that here, but we'll right. get into all of that. So they're trying to discuss what they need to do. Of course, Negan is still saying, okay, we need to go back home, especially given the fact that we were just literally seconds away from getting our asses caught. Maggie's like, no, we still need to go. Do you know why Daryl gave us that information? He was trying to tell us everything we needed to know. We still need that food. Our people are about to starve. Negan, he's trying to say, look, at least we go back with what we have and we can make it work. And Maggie is like, you know, if you want to go, if you want to save yourself, then you go right ahead. No promise is broken. And so then this is where Negan says, OK, you make me a promise in front of the goddamn preacher.
1: He, <laughs> said,
0: and, um, he said, if I do this for you, we're even. I don't have to keep looking over my shoulder. I don't have to keep worried about you. And I was like, are you serious, Negan? Like, come on. And she looks at him and she says, "We're never going to be even." He said, "Then you're going to be down a soldier that you know you need your call." And Maggie is like, she looks and she she kind of g- gets this little weird smile, like you would take a promise from me, really. And he was like, "Yeah, who wouldn't?" I'm assuming you're a woman of your word. I'm a man of mine, and this is something that we said a couple episodes ago. One thing about Negan, he has never lied about anything he said. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> And I, you know, I don't know if that's like a carryover from the pre-Walker world where, you know, once he realized what his lies did, you know, like, of course, him being with his wife's best friend while she found out she had cancer. You know, he Mm. told her in the um, Here's Negan episode, that was the last time I saw her and you saw how devoted he was to her in that episode. So Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a lesson that he learned the hard way, you know, okay, you know what, I got to always be a man of my word. If I say I'm going to do something, I have to do something. And he right. has that, that whole sickness, illness and death of his wife to remind him of that, you know, right. So they make a bargain, they shake on it. And then they realize that they have some walkers approaching. And from the way that Maggie and Elijah look, Gabriel knows immediately that something is wrong. And it appears to be a young woman and when maggie kills her she turns around and she tells them it's his sister's best friend now we got to remember elijah has a sister out there in the world that we don't know where she is they got separated fleeing from the reapers when they took over meridian so now they have other things to think about too because chances are if they are close then the sister is close and that's what maggie says we have to get to them You know, because now Negan and Gabriel see, and I think Negan, especially because of the way he looks, he's like, okay, you know what? Um, This is more than just about getting to the food for her. They still have people that are missing that they are trying to account for and trying to save if they can. So there's some other walkers coming in the forest. And what they do is they take these walkers and instead of killing them, they decide to capture them. You know, Elijah's getting ready to walk towards them with a knife. And then Maggie looked at him and was like, think we can find more. And I was like, oh, I know where this is going. So yeah, basically a lot of the episode is Negan teaching Maggie how to wear the mask, how to walk like the walkers, how to hurt them. And it was just really, really strange because we dealt with the majority of the Whisperers last season. We know there's a few strays that we found a couple of episodes ago, but I'm like, are they about to introduce this whole concept of the
1: Whisperers again? But you have to think about it. It's so strategic. Like Alpha had her faults, but if you were a person trying to, you know, blend in right. and, 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 you know, approach something, get as close as you can without being detected, I mean, it, she kind of had a genius idea in that. So it's just so crazy. Why not use what you know? Oh. I know. That part, yes. But you have to realize how effective and just like genius it is because. With them being in that in a herd, right? They can see what they need to see. They, you know what I mean? They can get close without being detected because even though they're in this group of walkers, you know, they're looking at, you know, by the time they, you know, have enough to where they're able to start to approach, right. Meridian, you know, for them, they're going to get as much intel as they need to see, right? Because, you know, once they do, because like even with the whispers, they would have those sacrificial walkers who would you know go up towards the front where they can still be blended in because mm-hmm. remember when they got stuck in the watchtower and they had to walk through yep. look how close they got to the watchtower yeah that's you true. know and they were able to see everything that they needed to you know kind of infiltrate that and you know attack mm-hmm. so yeah I mean It's creepy that Maggie is in a damn mask, (laughs) something we never, in season two, if you said it's into this, Maggie going to be walking around in a Walker mask and, you know, never would have seen it. Absolutely not. But now we're here and it's a genius way to find out about your enemies. You are. I mean, there are already dropped some knowledge that it ain't that many of them, Mm -hmm. you know. So if we can get the Walkers to take out, you know, four or five, you know, there's less people we have to worry about fighting so I mean it's genius right it's 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 weird for us but it's genius it is it is
0: but again like I said she she does it quite well uh-huh. but I mean like you said Pope has her town he has some of her people and they need to get them back and you know again this is high stakes because Elijah has a sister out there younger sister we don't know how young but just based on Maggie's description of the girl, she says, Teresa was just a kid. So she's got to be at least a teenager, maybe, I would think. Yeah. So they got to find her. And so Maggie tells Gabriel that, you know, they have scouts everywhere. And Gabriel is going by himself to try to scout and see where they are, how many they have, and just kind of get the basics so they'll know what they need to do as a plan of attack. Now... I was kind of wondering about this because I'm like, Gabriel is hurt. He just got stabbed through his leg. He can't really move very fast if he is caught. But at the same time, it makes sense because Negan has to teach Maggie how to do the whole whisperer thing. Maggie has to learn and Elijah is really not in any emotional state to go out scouting right now I don't think knowing that okay my sister could be close or seeing what happened to his sister's best friend you know it's probably in the back of his mind that his sister might be dead as well so he's not the best person to go through with it so Maggie approaches Negan and she just makes her one demand she was like I'm not cutting up anybody I know he was like that's fine we only need three
1: and um,
0: (laughs) he makes a little joke and she's like this is not supposed to be fun he's like well not with that attitude I was like yes that's definitely the teacher in him you can see it (laughs) absolutely
1: and it was funny
0: (laughs) but I think too Negan is probably having a little bit too much I won't say necessarily fun but he's enjoying it too much that Maggie needs him
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know that she is being forced to work with him Knowing what he did to her husband, so I don't know, Negan. I know that that's his attitude, and he's not going to change the way he is for anybody. But I think he kind of needs to tone
1: it down. He's not going. That's just that's just not in him. That's like trying to take the edge off, and then that ain't fun. Because the the good thing about him is he pushes buttons. You know what I mean? He pushes buttons, and that's part of the thing that make him.
0: Vegan, Right. But they go through their little training. And like you said, Maggie has a mask on that one, she can't really see out of. And then two, it almost seems like she starts to have a panic attack, especially when she can't get the mask off it. Yeah. You know, and she's getting frustrated because of course he's telling her how to move. And she's got one walker that she's kind of walking around and trying to corral. And then because she can't see, she trips on a rock. And of course the walker comes after her. Elijah has to grab the walker, tie him back to the tree because they're not killing them right now. They need those walkers. Mm -hmm. So again, (laughs) Negan is taking a little bit too much um, enjoyment out of this because of course she's frustrated. And he was like, well, it's not going to fit you right. It was somebody else's (laughs) face. And she's just looking at him and he's like, look, this can work. We just have to get you another mask. And, you know, again, we kind of see the teacher in him right here. Right. Because he's telling her, okay, we just need to get you another mask. We can try again, blah, blah, blah. He was like, you did good, Maggie. And it's just kind of like, I just, I there's a part of me that wants them to be able to work together because it's for the betterment of the community. You know, I've seen the other Fear the Walking Dead, and I know that there are some characters there who have done some things that were detrimental to the group, and eventually they have found forgiveness, or there's been like a truce because they have to work together in order to survive what's there. We've seen it here in this particular show as well, but it's kind of like Negan is like at the top of enemies that you should not be friends just because of what he did and how brutal it was but at the same time he's also one of the villains that has a stake in our community Mm -hmm. he's been there as a prisoner and then he's been there as a not necessarily a free man partially free you know it's like they still keep him on the watch but he has been contributing he has been doing what he needs to do to make sure that the community survives that included going undercover with the whisperers at risk because they could have immediately killed him, especially beta. Beta was like, nah, I don't trust him at all. And you know what? And I think
1: back, because like with this episode, because you know, he's he's teaching Maggie. And remember when he first became, you know, part of their community, and he was trying to learn and he remember when he was first doing the mask cutting. Whatever you know when he was trying to steal mm-hmm. the walker, and remember he laid out his little piece like he had did something, and then uh Beta came with the big piece that he had like oh that ain't nothing, it brought right me back to that where he was just like thought he was doing so good so good and here come Beta you know Beta didn't like him so here he come with the you know showing him up basically so right. now you you done took like all amateur these, yeah now <laughs> now he done took all them skills and it's like. I I learned something,
0: I learned something. Right. Now there is a moment where we follow Gabriel and he's there and he's kind of scouting the front of the community. And you see, they have the gates, they have their walls, they have armed guards there. And then as he's looking, there's like this tent sitting at the top with green, and that's the thing i think maggie asked him about it when he came back to the group she was like was it still there he said yes
1: i saw it i want to know what that is but you know i saw it It looked like a cage of some sort that's what i you know how you have a cage and then you put something around it so whoever Ah. is in the cage can't see out i don't know that it would be a cage on the roof though so i'm not sure but that's that's what it gave me like cagey vibes Okay. Yeah. Because that, that cloth looks kind of heavy.
0: I would think that that would, I don't know. I've never been in a cage, so I (laughs) (laughs) wouldn't you know, but I was going to say, I would think that that would probably like maybe suffocate them or keep them. Well, I guess if you're trying to keep someone incapacitated, that would be a good way to do it because you take a little bit of the oxygen, you take the sunlight from them, and then maybe they expose them for a couple of hours just to make sure they don't kill them, but you got to keep that person weak. So I don't know. I guess we'll figure it out. But as Gabriel is looking, he sees a guy coming towards a cemetery that's there on the grounds. And this guy is praying up under his breath. And he's obviously a priest of some kind because he's holding a miniature Bible. He's holding some rosary beads in his hand. Mm -hmm. And he comes and he kneels beside one of the graves and he's praying And then he hears or maybe he senses a little something watching him. So he gets up and he has his knife and he looks around into the woods. Now, here's the crazy thing, because just looking at the way we're looking, I would have seen Gabriel. Right. I would have seen him. I mean, he was camouflaged pretty good because, of course, Gabriel has darker skin. He's in the shadows near a tree trunk and, you know, the leaves and there's no light. so. He's very camouflaged, but I don't know. I just feel like, I don't know if that priest actually saw him or right. if he just, I don't know, missed it. But I think the thing with this is while the guy is looking for him, you know, he doesn't even go through the trees. He just sits there and then he turns around, he starts praying. And then one of the things he says in his prayers, thank you father for showing me what must be done. And I was like, Hmm, okay but he doesn't go towards the trees he turns around he walks off and gabriel's just still sitting there like thinking because the guy is looking at him like he's looking into the trees like he sees but you someone know,
1: what what if he's blind and he goes off of hearing thought he heard something so he had his knife up that was my thought is this dude blind i mean he knows meridian so he's able to navigate you know Hmm. he knows where the grave is so he wouldn't necessarily have to carry a stick per se you know what i mean right i know we know gabriel is blind in one eye but he has you know a visible um visible that you can see that he's blind yeah but maybe the other guy could be i mean because last time we saw him he was kneeling over a body we never saw how he got there or how he left from there because he if you notice the preacher isn't around when stuff is popping off so that's true it could be you know because pope is such a religious guy he keeps you know he keeps the the priest well you know situated in wherever he is you know he's that sounds very plausible yeah he's fed he's clothed he's kept from harm kind of like father gabriel was you know (laughs) but you know he's there you know because to pope I mean, with a name like the Pope, um, this is maybe like his right hand, you know, his, his religious figure, or maybe his person, you know, like your priest with your confessional, and he's that he's that confidant for him. Could be, right. so he's protected at all times. Hmm. So it's a thought. Okay. He could be blind. He might. He might could see. But you know, who? Knows? Yeah. He because you know we
0: we had that discussion in the last episode where I said I felt like pope knows something about the group and he's not telling daryl and leah what he knows because i feel like he's going to try to use them to draw maggie's group out and you know there's a little bit more of confirmation for me about that in this episode but we'll get to that later i want to go through the whole maggie group stuff first but yeah that i feel like the priest was looking at father gabriel And seeing him, but pretending he didn't because that way he can go back to Pope and say, okay, I know that they have a preacher with them. He's here and maybe he's scouting for them. So they're coming for us. You know, maybe he's telling him that so that they can get prepared.
1: Now, no, this is what- um, I, I think if, well, you're right. Well, maybe because to me, he has his knife. So he's he's killed and and seem his you know ready to kill or maybe he's only killed walkers he heard the noise thought Mm -hmm. it was a walker and wanted to be prepared so i I, but i don't see him just readily like attacking father gabriel if he saw him you know what i mean i just don't think i don't know because of you know man of the cloth thing but that's just my thought
0: yeah i mean i don't think he would but just like i mean think about it father gabriel's a man of the cloth too And he had instructions or he told Maggie, you know, if he sees one, one one-on-one and he feels threatened, then he's going to kill them. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But again, if, if that priest had killed Father Gabriel at this moment and Father Gabriel never returned to Maggie, then they probably would have been tipped off like, okay, he's not coming back. He might be dead. We need to retreat. And then they would disappear and Pope would never find her. But Pope has people actively looking for her and wants her caught. And what better way to do that? You let her scout go back and say, okay, this is what I found, blah, blah, blah. Because I'm going to be honest. I know that they only have supposedly 20 people there or whatever. I'm kind of wondering if that's a lie. If maybe Pope doesn't have more numbers.
1: Because. But see, and that was my thought at first. Remember until we realized where they are is actually Meridian. Because remember I said maybe they were like at an outpost and yeah. there were more people, you know, around. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know that. I don't know. Because I can't see them oh. hiding people. And and then even to that vein, because when Carver and Daryl were arguing and he was like, well, y'all got like 20 people. Because at some point, a motto, anybody only got no 20 people. You know what I mean? With the way that they were bickering back and forth that mm-hmm. would be my thoughts if i'm an argument with you like you what you got 20 people well I, you know i'm talking shit i got more than 20 people you know what i mean in 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 my mind because those two are trying to best each other for the attention of Shaw. to me i understand
0: that but you have to also think carver's military or carver was military They think more strategically than the average person. That's true. So he probably was like, okay, let me see, you know, oh, this is what he thinks we have. Okay, we're just going to let him continue thinking that, you know, because even for someone like Carver, encountering someone like a Daryl, Daryl can be very combative and we know Daryl can handle himself. Daryl has been in situations where he's fought more than one person and come out on top. Okay. Anybody with any kind of trained eye can see that Daryl is no slouch you may not like him but you have to admit he's got some skills
1: yeah okay
0: and then I also I think Leah probably wouldn't have been with Daryl if Daryl was a slouch yeah you know she knows that Daryl can handle himself and like I said they've probably had discussions where they talked about what happened to them in this world he's probably told her about different enemies he's come up against i doubt if he would have told her about the big ones because then that would be him admitting that he was with a full group and like i said i don't think he would have given her that much information you know saying that i'm looking for my brother saying i have a small community that's one thing right. but saying that you were with a big group that's something totally different right So, but I think they've always,
1: when talking to other people, I think they've always downplayed the size of where they are. No, not, not even just now, anytime. Cause even when they were recruiting people, you know, they weren't saying Mm -hmm. we have a large community, no, we got a small community. So I think they've always downplayed the amount of, cause even back, you know, back at its peak when Alexandria was full of people. You know, yeah. they never even still said, you know, we got this large group. It's always, they've always referred to themselves as a small group.
0: Right. But my thinking is that in that argument with Carver, listening to what Daryl said, Daryl said, oh, you guys have 20 people, da, 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 you know, they're here, this, and you know, if I was Carver, I would take that information that Daryl just bit back at me And I would be thinking, okay, you know what? Why was he so detailed? Maybe he's trying to figure out what the layout is just in case he wants to leave. So he's trying to figure out, okay, how many people do I need to take out? Where do I need to take out? Where would be the best place for me to escape? That's what I would think hearing that come from Daryl. So do you think that they think he's there to
1: like break Leah
0: out? You know what I mean? I don't think that they think that Leah was part of his plan because he didn't even know she was there. You know, Leah didn't know where Daryl was. She just was like, yeah, this was a guy that I was with a few years ago and he's gone. So I don't think they anticipated. It just happened to be coincidence, providence, whatever, that Daryl just happened to be the one that she came across. Okay. That, that their paths crossed. So I don't think it has anything okay. to do with Leah. I do think that they think that Daryl still might be a spy trying to get information back to Maggie or trying to figure out what's going on so that if he escapes, he can take it back to them and they can come back with a greater show of force and take back the city. I'm not saying that that's the case, but if I was in their position, I will always be thinking right. defensively, you know? Right. So that, that could be what it was. Yeah. Okay. So going back to Maggie and her whisperer training. (laughs) So we see that what she's trying to do, they're, they're trying to create a horde. They're grabbing walkers and she's putting them in this little pen that she's created. And as they're getting ready to have this sit down talk, Elijah looks at her and says, has he changed? And Maggie says, we can't know that. And I don't think she meant that as... There's no way for us to tell if he's changed. I think she really meant that as we can't know that, as in, I don't need to know that he's changed because that would change her whole mindset about what she (laughs) thinks about him and what she probably will need to do later on.
1: Okay. No, I totally didn't look at it that way.
0: Yeah. I, I think, I think that's what it was. The way it's, it's the way that she said it, she was like, we can't know that. It
1: wasn't a. I thought yes, she was saying, like, we that. can't know that. Like, we can't tell that. Okay. Okay. But I see, yeah. I see how you, I, I, got, I see how you're looking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But,
0: and then, like she said, too, she said, he's helpful, but he would be as long as there's something in it for him. Very true. I mean, like Elijah says, he says, so what about your promise? And she said, I hope I'll be able to keep it. <laughs> and that's all she can do right now. She, you know, but they have a conversation. When she sits down at the fire, you know he's he's fixed some food. They sit down and they have this conversation, and he talks to her about what she's doing. And he's like, you know, I feel for you, I really do. And she was like, why is that? He's like, I'm not a robot, re. First of all, the fact that he called her by her last name, I was like, that's weird. But okay,
1: catch that. Yeah. Okay. See, See I watch. You watch, I watch with words. With,
0: <laughs> yes, I have to watch with the captions. Because sometimes, even if I'm hearing things, sometimes you kind of miss things when they're saying it in conversation. Yeah. And so I like to know what's being said. And then that way I can fully understand instead of like, wait, what did he say? And then I have to go back and watch it right. again. Okay. But he tells her, he's like, you know, I feel for you and all of this. It sucks to see your friends as walkers. And he starts comparing it a little bit to what he's had to go through, just even with their group. Mm -hmm. so they start having the conversation he's like you are about to do some crazy shit and break into a community that you built and lost I get it and you know she was like your community and mine were lost in very different ways and he says you don't think I understand the losing side of a massacre and she basically goes in and she starts trying to justify what they did and again this is where I've said there are some things that I agree with what Rick's group did, Mm -hmm. and then there are some that I don't. You know, one of the things that she says was, there were no children at that satellite station. And he says, then where did Aaron get Gracie? I was like, whoops. That part. I knew it was going to come up. That part. I knew he figured it out. And so here's the other thing, too as many people as Negan had in his outpost, that means that he was Mm -hmm. aware of what was going on with his people. You can't just have a child named Gracie and then this satellite outpost gets shot up, the baby disappears, and all of a sudden Aaron has a daughter named (laughs) Gracie. Like, he didn't even change the name. (laughs) But we also know that was because Rick felt guilty about it because once he realized that the person he killed, you know, that person that that he killed, right, he was just trying to protect his child. He wasn't, and I think he said as much like, look, I don't have anything to do with this. And Rick killed him Mm -hmm. anyway and he had he had a baby the other thing is Negan starts pointing out to her you know those people that y'all killed they had friends they had girlfriends they had people that cared about him and she kept saying they didn't have families they didn't have children but you didn't know that when you went in there and killed right everybody you just saw it as you had no way of knowing you want that. to make a deal right just no way I mean no way at all Again, Megan does make a lot of sense in some of the stuff that he says. He does. And I think one of the things that Maggie is going to have to do is she really is going to have to come to terms with the fact that, yeah, y'all may not have been in the right when you did that, especially considering you took that on for a community that was being led by this asshole of a jerk. Greg. Uh, right. And I understand they needed a community to trade with and these were the terms and all of this other stuff. But yeah, there there could have been some other way to do that, maybe, to where it wouldn't have resulted. And again, I will say this, that attack on the outpost was the direct cause of them being in that circle that night. He was trying to avenge all of his people. And again, they killed almost 100 people. He didn't even know who they were before then. Right. Had no idea who they were had no idea where they were, nothing. Where they came from, nothing. Nothing, so that's something she's really gonna have to come to terms with at some point Mm -hmm. because she can't sit there and just justify what we did, what was right. We, We killed people who didn't have families and who didn't have this. Yeah, you did kill people who had families.
1: Aaron's mm-hmm. daughter
0: is the perfect example of that. You don't know how many other children there were in the sanctuary or in right. any of their outposts. Some of those families who had children and they heard what happened, they probably took the hell off after that. Hell They're yeah. Like, you know what? This is not what I signed up for.
1: Absolutely It was not, not about to happen. Absolutely not. <laughs> this was not about to right. happen. Right.
0: <laughs> but you know, he's talking to her and he's talking about how he had to go to his people And explain to them why their leader failed. And he says, you know, my whole job as leader was to protect my people. And I had to go back and explain to them why I couldn't. And again, Maggie says, you killed people who had families and you did it in front of their families. And we know what she was talking about. And he was like, yeah, I did. He said, but the world is different now, Maggie. There's fewer people to fight for or fight with. Hell, there's fewer things to fight over. and the next part of this conversation is very (laughs) eye-opening because she says are you saying that you would do things a little differently and again this is Negan we're talking to Negan is the person who tells it straight no matter what Mm -hmm. and he says yeah I would have done it differently he said I would have killed all of y'all and she was like why would you say that to me how could you say that to me? Why would you say that to me? And he was like, if this is going to work, if we're going to work together, we have to be totally honest. Mm-hmm. And you have to think about it from Negan's perspective. Think about it. if it was us, if it was Rick, let's let's turn the tables. Mm-hmm. If that was Rick's group, Rick's people, that the savers had come in and slaughtered a whole bunch of them, okay? You think Rick wouldn't have done anything different? Oh. You think Carol wouldn't have done anything different? Yeah, it would have been the same thing. It would have been the same thing. And Rick would have killed everybody. Like they did at the outpost. Because what happens if you don't? They come the back. People who are left behind can come back and do more damage. We saw perfect example of that with Terminus because carol got rid of that community and there were a few people left behind and they were left behind enough to do some damage
1: exactly.
0: you know what i'm saying yeah
1: when they had to kill negan, all the church
0: right if you think about it negan has every right to think in hindsight i probably should have killed all of y'all because guess what because he didn't he lost his whole community yeah he lost everybody he lost everything so if you're in him, if you're in his shoes and thinking, okay, what could I have done differently so that my community would still be alive? My people would still be alive. Because again, Negan is an asshole. We all get that. But Negan did seem
1: to- He understood.
0: He understood. And not only that, he took responsibility for keeping those people alive. Now, he may not have done it in the best of ways. Of course, he went through this whole dictatorship and, you know, people kneeling at his feet. Okay. He took it a little too far, but I'm going to say this too. That was probably how it was with the people he ended up taking the sanctuary from. Cause we have to remember Negan was not the first sanctuary leader. There were people before him That's true. that created the sanctuary the way that it was. And he ended up having to fight because he, I remember him saying something a long time ago, about the way that those people were treating the people in the sanctuary and that there had to be a plan that they stepped up and took it over. And that's what we heard when, you know, the people at sanctuary, Dwight and some of them were talking about going up against Negan. Like, oh, well, he took it, we can take it from him. Right. But he's always felt like, okay, I have a responsibility to take care of these people. And of course, now these people are all dead because you showed mercy to a group yeah you killed two of their people but you left some of the strongest of them alive of course he couldn't have known that at that point right he probably figured it out with Rick but of course without Rick as their leader what would they have been able to do for him what do you do you break down the leader so that the leader is doing what you need to do and then the rest of the community will follow
1: that's true yeah
0: if he had to go back and do it again and kill them he probably would have without a doubt because then in that case this would be a whole different world Negan his people would still be alive mm-hmm. and he wouldn't be looking over his shoulder all the time, at least in that sense, for who's coming for him. That's true. So he made the point, but again, That's true. Maggie, don't ask things if you don't want to know the
1: answer to them. But it's true. Right. The honest truth. If you don't want to know the honest truth. Don't ask Negan. Truth, especially when talking to Negan. Yes. If you don't want to be- know the honest truth.
0: Yes, because Negan is the one that will give it to you straight. No No chaser. Oh, but then they finally get enough And I mean, they
1: they had a pretty decent sized herd. They did. And then when they went by the little store and opened that door. Mm -hmm. They got more walkers.
0: So it's interesting because you see them, Maggie, Negan, and Elijah are walking with the herd and then they actually get to, I guess this is a back part of Meridian and they open up doors, they open up some doors there. It's like to a warehouse type building and a whole bunch of walkers come out. So I'm like, okay, were these people from Meridian or were these just walkers that Pope's group just, I don't. I don't think I see Pope's group hurting any walkers, so I'm assuming that they probably put people in the community into that building and probably killed them or whatever.
1: It was was, uh, hammered from the outside.
0: Yes, somebody locked the doors. Right, so I don't know if if they killed everybody inside or if somebody inside just happened to die and then it just kind of steamrolled from there. But they add a considerable number of walkers to their herd, and as they're walking the camera starts focusing on a young girl and immediately I already knew. It was a young black girl. You can see her hair. Her hair is very natural in the Afro. And Elijah happens to turn to look. And from the way he looks, even inside the Walker mask, we know that this is his sister. And you can hear him start crying a little bit. And Maggie just kind of grabs his hand because she realizes. And that just broke my heart. So, like she was a kid but you know yeah. now Maggie and Elijah have even more motivation to Absolutely. take Pope and his people down that was just so sad to me but yeah so they had this huge large herd and they are walking towards Meridian and when I looked at the size of this herd I was like I'm looking at the whispers that's what it looked like there
1: was just so many of them exactly
0: what it looked like
1: but, but- to think it's only taken three of them to herd that large as her mm-hmm. three yeah so yeah
0: so pope's gonna have some problems understatement let's move to the whole leah and daryl situation so we already know that they are i want to say kind of sort of pariahs in the group right now not like Publicly so, but people are treating them a little bit differently. You we can see that in the episode. So when we first see Daryl in this episode, he's kind of walking through the grounds and he passes by this. Um, there's one of the reapers, and he's coming out of this room that's got a locked door. And when you look at it, there's a whole lot of food in that storage room. So this (laughs) is really what cemented to me. Okay, this is meridian after watching it last week and seeing the wall seeing that food i was like okay this is meridian this is where they have all their fresh stuff stored because you could see like fresh vegetables they were in bins it was mm-hmm. very organized so of course daryl's mm-hmm. trying to look in a little bit to see and he's asking the guy he's like yo do you need some help and the guy's like "Nah, i'm good so daryl offers him a cigarette and they start smoking and i thought, I thought Darryl- that was cigarette weed <laughs> No, I
1: did. I'm like, I, I say smoking a joint? No, I think
0: <laughs> there was just smoking a cigarette. Because if you think about it, for someone like Pope's group to smoke weed, like I don't smoke, I've never smoked, but I know people who do. And I've seen how they are. That ain't I don't think they'd be I don't think they'd be ready to be uh at their military best that's true.
1: That's
0: if they are hot. That's
1: true. So, but I did think that it did flash through my mind.
0: <laughs> can you imagine daryl hot
1: that would, be, if he that would be laid up. back he'd be laid to the floor
0: <laughs> but as they're smoking i really thought that daryl was about to attack this dude but All i was right. like no he wouldn't do something that stupid because you're inside the walls he will automatically be the suspect he would kill his ass on, uh, immediately he wouldn't make it no Right. So I'm thinking he's just trying to maybe build some rapport with some of the people so he can find out what's going on. But they get called to the front because some of Pope's guards or soldiers have returned. And of course, they aren't able to find, well, okay. They say that they are not able to find Maggie's group anywhere. I think this was a lie. I really think this was a lie. And I'm gonna tell you why. So they come in, they tell Pope that they can't find her and he, um, you know, he fusses at them. And of course, Leah, you know, she takes up for them. She don't put jump, jump her, her ass. Girl. She, she, you
1: know, like she,
0: up. So she jumps up. in front of Pope. She was like, they were following um, instructions that I gave them, directions that I gave them. So if you want to fuss at somebody, fuss at me. You know, because she's trying to take the flack off of them. And, you know, I guess she's doing it in hopes that they would like her. Because again, like I said, I think everybody is kind of against her now because they're like, oh, you so worried about this dude you used to be with that you've kind of fallen out of protocol with what we do here. So what Pope does is he sends her and Daryl to go and look for Maggie's group. And he tells them, okay, well, we've already searched such and such. You need to search here, you know? And then as they're out searching, they come across a guy in a bush and he's sitting there like, please, please don't hurt me. I'm just trying to find help for my wife. My wife has been hurt. I just have a wife and son. And Leah asked the question. She was like, how did you avoid the patrols? And he's like, what are you talking about? I don't know. That's when I started getting suspicious because if that was an area that they searched thoroughly, you would have been able to find a, a man That was scared, especially considering the fact the way that Bush moved when they realized he was there. I was like, that's too intentional. That's too intentional. I feel like it was a setup and I'm gonna tell you why. So she calls it into Pope and tells him, we did find a guy. He says he has a wife who's hurt and a son. What are your orders? And Pope says, kill them. She's like, okay. They follow the guy back to the house where him and his family are hiding. He shows them his wife is hurt. We don't know what happened, but she's bleeding. She obviously can't move. And there's a young boy there that's kind of like seven. Leah comes in and is automatically emotionally triggered because this reminds her of her son. Mm -hmm. You know, she's supposed to be killing them. She tells the guy, she's like, take your son and run. Don't ever come back to this place. And the mom is telling her, yes, okay, yes, take him. She tells the little boy to go with his dad and they haul ass and run and the mom says thank you you are a savior um you know they would have never left if i was still alive i'm ready and when leah gets ready to kill her she can't so daryl ends up doing it and then he was like what are we going to tell pope and she said we'll tell him that you killed them you know that'll look good on you and then immediately (laughs) I'm glad they got a radio call because I feel like Daryl was about to tell her the truth and I don't think she's ready for that yet. I don't think she's there. I think Daryl was kind of looking at her being emotional in that moment saying, okay, look, this is what I'm doing because I'm sure once she finds out that there are children in their community, maybe that would be enough to kind of move her. I think that's what he's thinking in this moment because she's already emotional because she's thinking about her son. She's probably thinking about her lost sister and all this other stuff, okay? so But, so, but
1: my thought with your, okay, this is my thought with your theory on- it's a
0: Wait, setup. wait, wait, let me finish, oh. hold on. So Daryl's getting ready to tell her something and then they get a call on the radio saying, Shaw, um, we need you back, you gotta see this. And so she's like, we gotta go. I have a feeling Pope sent some guys trailing after her and Daryl to see what she was going to do and they probably caught that father and his son as they were running out the house I think it was a setup to see how compromised Daryl's being there has made Leah because if Daryl hadn't have been there and she had been with some of her other guys going to find them she Mm -hmm. probably would have shot them on sight I feel like she would have done that if she had been with some of Pope's people Mm -hmm. but because she was with Daryl and that was that one thing that she shared with Daryl. I don't know that Pope knows this, but Pope seems like the kind of guy who knows how to emotionally manipulate someone. And I feel like that's what he did. I feel like he sent her there and set that whole thing up. They probably found the uh, father and mother and son and were like, okay, you know what? This is what we find. He's like, no, leave them there. I got an idea. And then sent Leah to deal with it and probably sent people to follow her and Daryl to see how they would react and what they would do. I feel like that's what happened.
1: Mm, Okay. I didn't look at it in the lens that you're looking at it in. I did look at it like, but we already knew like in a way when Pope threw old boy in the fire, Mm -hmm. we already knew kind of that Leah was like, you know, losing that little bit of faith in, in their, in her leader. Like what the fuck is wrong with you? You know what I mean? You've come to this conclusion that he, you know, just because he had scarring on his back that he was running away, which not, not, is not necessarily true, but this is how you choose to deal with, you know, somebody we call family. You put their face in the fight. Mm-hmm. So, you know, number one, I, I, I don't want to use that in an excuse that, you know, Leah's a woman. So we already have you know, emotion tied to whatever it is that's going on. But then to see your leader in this not so great light. And then plus the fact that Leah's vision is also called because of Daryl, you know. Yeah, because I was going to say,
0: I'm pretty sure that wasn't the first time Leah has seen Pope act in extremes. If you are part of that kind of group, you have been in the military together.
1: No, but that's different when it's your
0: you understand
1: your own people i understand
0: that but again they went from being military to being mercenaries okay yeah. there is a code that they follow if pope really thought oh you were scared and you your fear contributed to the death of your brother that would have been in his mind an appropriate punishment but not only that you're bringing this new person into your group so you're showing him this is what happens when you betray us or when you don't do as we do Right. this is what your fate is leah probably knew that was what was about to happen and that's why she tried to stop it because she knows what pope thinks think about it she just like she told daryl in this episode pope has been like a father to me he has treated me like a daughter children know what their parents are capable of the that's good true. and the bad that's true. so when she tried to calm him down she was like look pope it's been a long day she knew what direction that was headed I'm sure she has seen his temper hundreds of times. Right. In battle and after all this stuff happened with the fall. Right. I'm sure they've all seen it. But also because she's the only woman and because he does look at her like as a daughter, you know, when it comes to fathers and daughters, they have a different kind of relationship than fathers and sons. Right. She's probably the only person who can stand up to him. And like, try to get him to calm down or try to get him to see reason without him thinking it's a challenge. At least up until Daryl showed up. So she's probably (laughs) used to being in that role. Like when he's about to go have cop, she's the one that says, hold up, let's take a more rational look at this. or let's, you know, let's kind of step things down. That's probably been her role. That's why she stepped in when he started going off on the soldiers for not finding Maggie and their people. you know because she's like okay he'll probably treat the men harsher than he would treat her
1: right
0: and i think that's why she stepped up she knows what he's capable of true she knows she has to because if you think about how long they've been together but she's known him and served under him way before the fall
1: right
0: that's true so we'll say at least 15 years she's known him maybe longer than that that's fair She's not ignorant of his uh, faults by any stretch of the imagination. She knows what he's capable of. So, yeah, that's why I think he did that whole thing as a setup. Yeah. I really think so. And I'm going to tell you this now. My little quote unquote theories on the show in the last couple of weeks have been on par. I I just had to have Anthony do a whole I told you so on on the record because i told him about something happening and what if and he was like it's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen it and it happened. Happened. so i'm feeling pretty confident about my my little theory here I, th- I think it was a setup i really do. okay
1: i'm gonna have but then well if that's the case because they knew the lady would die right mm-hmm. but she was probably already mortally
0: wounded and i'm gonna be honest maybe one of them was the one that did it
1: I was just going to say, you think one of the
0: guys
1: who went out scouting said we didn't find anybody did it? Probably. I
0: mean, it's possible because what could have happened? They probably told the guy, okay, when someone else comes looking for you, you do not say anything that happens or we'll come back and kill all of y'all. They probably threatened him or maybe he was out trying to find them food when the soldiers came by and injured the wife. I mean, we don't know what happened right it could be any of those scenarios but i really feel like that was a setup
1: okay i'm gonna go with you (laughs) (laughs) all right
0: so let's go to the commonwealth because this commonwealth let me tell you this part of the episode this was another thing i look something happened in this part that i was also right about we'll get to that in a moment (laughs) So the commonwealth When we get the first shot of them in the Commonwealth, it's of Stephanie, maybe Stephanie, fighting one of the walkers. And I was like, are they showing us like an origin story? Like how she got there? But no. What they've done is for Ezekiel, Eugene, and Princess, those who got caught, you know, breaking the rules, their punishment is that they have to clear walkers from buildings that they are planning to reuse and redevelop. Right. So Stephanie's having to, uh, I'm just going to call her Stephanie because Stephanie, maybe Stephanie is is a bit long in the mouth. Stephanie, not Stephanie. Stephanie, not Stephanie. Yes. So they're clearing the buildings and they start having conversations. And while they're clearing the buildings, we see Ezekiel and Princess also clearing buildings. Ezekiel is not doing very well. I need him to sit his ass down somewhere because he keeps trying to say oh no I'm fine he's clearly he's still spitting up blood and you know he's trying to say oh it's the dust and it's this and it's that no (laughs) dude I need you to sit your ass down you have cancer we all know you have cancer matter of fact you need to tell the commonwealth doctors that you have cancer so they can do something about it but of course I know too he probably doesn't want to make them any more in debt to them Because they are still all talking about leaving. Like, we're not staying here. But
1: what does that sound like to you?
0: What about them not staying?
1: Or you have to pay your debt first. The hospital. Yeah. Where Beth was. Yeah it does as much as she wanted to go well until your debt is paid until your debt is paid Mm -hmm. until your debt is paid that's all I kept thinking every time he said that
0: but I mean that's the only I mean think about it for the most part that's probably the only way to really broker exchange in this world because honestly money doesn't really count for anything although it seems like they're probably still using it in this I, I don't know there's there's a lot about commonwealth that I have issues with them trying to go back to the way things were I'm like do do y'all not realize how broken the world is was there's a reason why it fell the way that it did because the old way (laughs) needed some revamping needed some work we'll get we'll get into that so like I said (laughs) last time we talked about this show They did have to give some truths about their community because that's one of the things that was bargained. Okay, you clear these walkers for us. We will clear your record here and then we can send some help for your community. So they did have to tell that information. We hear that in the conversation with Eugene and Stephanie when he asked, he was like, do you really think they can help our community? And she says, "I, I know that he'll try, but he is a man of his word. You can't trust him. And then we see the same thing with Yumiko when she's talking later on. She has agreed to be an attorney for them in exchange for them giving her people safe haven and assistance i was like yeah they had to tell they had to at this point yeah because of the net. who is eugene trying to contact is this going to be somebody that's going to come and attack us they had to they probably ask those <laughs> questions like who are you calling on the radio are they people that's going to come try to take us a, a, again we don't know what their dealings have been with with outside people we don't know if there's a connection between them and the crm or if them and crm are at odds we don't know but again their community is very well protected is very well taken care of they have to follow these rules and procedures and when someone comes in that doesn't that
1: puts the whole community at risk they have 50 people to think about and, and that was my thought, because do you know how big and how far off you would have to be for, for because they have so many people, mm-hmm. and we already know their military or policing system mm-hmm. is, you know, strategic on target. Right. It, I'm sure... They have, especially with going back to the, you know, they've scavenged everything in their air. I'm sure they have guns. I'm sure they have a good armory. I'm sure they have, hell, they might even have a tank or two. You know what I mean? So I'm sure in my mind, I'm sure they have more than enough firepower to deal if someone, anybody who came to try to take over them.
0: Except for the CRM. The CRM has 200,000.
1: Except for the CRM, but CRM also has a helicopter, so, so they would kind of give themselves away.
0: They actually, the CRM has more than one helicopter. I will say that. No, that's what I said. They'll see the helicopter, yeah. so
1: they give mm-hmm. themselves away. But I, I, I just, I just don't see anybody, especially. Uh, clear, we don't know what the whole world is. We know about CRM. We know about exactly, people, but but to me, it would be too. If I've taken the time to rebuild a community and make sure we're having safe people, make sure we have laws, make sure we have structure, make sure we have a military, make sure we, I can't see even if another large ass community did come, that it will automatically be war. Because if you already have a large, if you have a large colony and I have a large colony, what we Mm -hmm. find more? We both already have the things that we need. It can only be basically peace at this point. So anybody who comes in a small group they're they not gonna be able to be 50,000 people, even though we realize everybody can't fight or know what walkers are or whatever. But, you know, I, I just don't see that like really being a threat, if that makes sense.
0: But you have to think about it. You're still dealing with people who are thinking in ways the old world did. And a lot of times when you have a large group, large corporation, and they there's somebody that's kind of comparable to them Uh it's never about unity first it's always about what do they have that we can take or what do we have that they might want they're always thinking defensively think about it even with our smaller groups with the governor with rick in the prison rick was like there's no reason why we have to fight we can we can coexist and the governor was like no y'all have what we want right there's always going to be some groups like that think about negan and the saviors they had all of those people they had a system they had gardens they had i mean shit they had pickles you know they i mean they had things in ways that Rick and his group never had. And Rick and his group, the Alexandrian group was so small. The hilltop was small. The kingdom was small. Now kingdom probably was the bigger of the three communities, but still they probably had 200 people maybe. But Negan still did what he did or I I, we don't even know if this started with Negan as far as those groups it could have been with the other people and then Negan was the one took over. we we don't really know because we don't know the full backstory of the saviors right but I mean think about it Negan was conquering communities and saying okay either you serve me or you die same thing yeah so if you have this group with 50,000 and you have this other group first of all where did this group come from even though it's only four where did y'all come from how did y'all know how to find us that's the important thing how did you know where to find us and if they could find out where the commonwealth is anybody with a more sophisticated system more people more weapons more power could easily do the same i guess you have to be proactive in stuff like this especially if Again, we don't know what they know of other communities outside of the Commonwealth. Right. We know that the CRM is huge. And we only know that mainly from Fear the Walking Dead and The Walking Dead World Beyond. Mm -hmm. You know, Walking Dead World Beyond is where we found out exactly how large the CRM is. Okay. So even if you get just rumors like, I'm sure the Commonwealth sends some people out to scout, like, okay, so how can we expand the community? Where should we go next? How do we clear this? Because Yumiko's brother said this started out as like one small community and it has grown. So they have to send people out to look and see, okay, where can we expand to? I'm sure they've come across others. They've probably heard things or maybe even seen things. I'm sure they've probably seen a helicopter go by once or twice. Like, what the fuck is that? You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, they probably know that there are other large communities out there, or they could just be thinking, hey, if we were able to build a community of 50,000, who's to say somebody else wasn't? Right. That's true. They don't know what's going on elsewhere in the world. That's true. Definitely don't. So yeah, that could be a whole thing. So they have to protect their people. And you have someone who you just took in a few days ago, sneaking and breaking rules, not only breaking rules, has somebody no. has somebody else that is one of our people helping them to break rules, to get on the radio and to call whoever. They don't know what's going on. So of course they had to tell them like, okay, yeah, so this is what the truth is. We have a small community of such a such number of people we just got through a war with these people who walked around wearing dead faces on their face and our people are starving some people may be hurt we just need to get help back to them okay well this is what we need you to do for us we have a whole bunch of walkers in these buildings in this community blah 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 we need you to clear them oh that's all we got to do okay like our people, I mean, let's be honest. Our people can probably kill walkers in their sleep.
1: So, I mean, even Eugene is very skilled at it at this point. Right. But my thought is, why do they have Stephanie out there? I Ask that because maybe she, just, maybe they have her still trying to get close to Eugene. Could be. But she's been in the Commonwealth, so she knows the rules and consequences for going rogue and hopping on the radio or doing whatever. Mm-hmm. So she knows the consequences of Mm -hmm. this. Why y'all still got her out there? Because she
0: has to be punished and her punishment probably would have been worse than theirs. But we have to remember, what's the dude's name? I can't think of it right now. The really creepy suit dude. Remember, he kept them from being banished. Remember, he had to talk to whoever he needed to talk to, to say, okay, you know what? Let's not banish them. Let's use them to our advantage. And unfortunately, Stephanie probably would have been punished too, or they're having her in there as part of their facade to keep her getting close to Eugene, if that is what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about this a little bit more, because as they're clearing this area and basically trying to tell Ezekiel, you need to sit your ass down and go to the doctor. The guards come through with this guy and his girlfriend, and they're taking them, I don't know they're taking them through this area and we find out later to this like pavilion where they're having a picnic so while they're doing this picnic Eugene and Stephanie have been told to go clear this area because again there have been some other things that's happened we'll go into that with Yumiko and her brother okay so here's here's where I have to come through with my I said this was gonna happen (laughs) they put Yumiko in that position to have her search for her brother because. He's a thoracic surgeon. He did not tell them he was a thoracic surgeon. And we get that admission in this episode as well, where he tells them they cannot find out that I am a doctor, you know, and he says it's worth it because he gets this little bit of freedom. He gets to live life the way he wants and not the way other people's dictate. Right. And he literally tells Yumiko, you can't tell them I'm a doctor. And She's like, okay, I won't. I don't even think she was thinking about the fact that that was how she got in there in the first place. Like, oh, I told them I had a brother that was a surgeon here. Because literally as soon as she says, oh, I won't tell them, here come the Commonwealth guards and they're taking him away. I knew that was what they did. They used her to find out who the surgeon was. I knew it.
1: I called it. I said it was going to happen. Because even when they were sitting outside the little cafe and they were talking and and he asked her then, he's like, yeah, you can't tell anybody. I like the life that I have you know Mm -hmm. I don't want to disrupt what I got going on but and I said the same things I'm like but she already told them I have a brother who's a doctor and then even when she was when she got her assignment or whatever and she talked to the Mm -hmm. guy and she was like I'm looking for somebody Mm -hmm. even then she was like he a doctor so you know what I mean so it's like You don't tell everybody on the way in, hey, I'm looking for my brother here, doctor. Hey, I'm looking for my brother here, doctor. So then once they see, okay, because the first time she met him, you know, I'm sure they're keeping tabs on them. So the first time Mm -hmm. she sent him, she went to the bakery. So they're probably like, maybe she was, you know, going in, you know, seeing what's going on with the bakery. But then now y'all outside at the little seats talking. Okay, Mm -hmm. you know him. And so then, when they now in the is this a train station? I'm assuming the where they are. It kind of looks like yeah, it. Yeah, it keeps putting me in the mind of a train station. I'm like, what train they get on? Anywho, um, so <laughs> when they were in there, now I've seen you with this man twice. So this is who you were looking for. This is the doctor. Like right. He, she need well i'm sure now she's going to tell him you know i said when i came to the know i was looking for my brother who's a doctor i didn't know you was the, the baker you was mr gingerbread man you know who knew that i came mm-hmm. looking for what i knew of you in the old world in over you was a doctor so why would right. i think if there's this community and there are people that can be helped why wouldn't i think you're a doctor
0: yeah, yeah. But speaking of Yumiko, so when we see her first in this episode, she's, I guess it's kind of like in an interview with whoever the state department is, which is so weird to me, but um, you know, she's dressed nice. She's got her hair up. She looks like an attorney and she's having a conversation with this guy and they're talking about, you know, he, he says, you know, they were really impressed with you. And she says, I thought they would find me kind of difficult. But if me being an, a lawyer here is the price I have to pay for you guys to aid my community, then I'll do it again. They had to tell them about Alexandria and that's why she's playing, you know, mm-hmm. she's all nice. It's so weird to see her all cleaned up and, and like neat and yeah, i like,
1: right. Okay,
0: I'm like, yes. no girl, I need your hair back down. Like, oh, okay. But also at this point, it's apparent she has not seen any of the other three in days since they got in trouble. Yeah. You know, and again, Yumiko is a force to be reckoned with because at this point she was like, um, Yeah, as a matter of fact, I need to see Mrs. Milton today. And they're like, Well, we don't know exactly if that's going to work because Mr. Hornsby said, and She was like, is That's his name, boss?
1: Mr. Hornsby.
0: Yeah. She was like, Is he your boss? No. Okay, then I want to see her today. I'm like, okay, Yumiko. Yumiko is like, I I'm want the here manager
1: playing with you Go get the right, manager. Right.
0: <laughs> and she says, I'd like to speak to her right away, please.
1: <laughs> oh God, yes, that that, that, is, that is exactly it.
0: <laughs> you know, and she does. Okay, so she does get a meeting with Mrs. Milton, and as she walks in the girl that we think might be the actual Stephanie is at the desk. And I mean, they have a working telephone system and all this other stuff. Good clean books. No, here's the funny thing. So my daughter was watching part of this episode with me, or she just happened to be, um, she happened to be coming downstairs or sitting in the area when I was watching it. So she saw it. You want to know what bothered her the most about that whole scene? What? she said hold up she said so this is zombie apocalypse right I said yes she said clearly that girl sitting at the desk is a person of color she said because she's not white I said yeah she said why the fuck she got straight hair (laughs) (laughs) they might have straightening cones right but she was like she said so we're in a world post-apocalypse and she still has to fit the aesthetic of to be professional. You have to have straight hair. She was so bothered by that. She was like, oh, this world. I said, well, you know, I never think about that, but it makes sense. But okay, yeah. I said, but you know what? One thing we have learned about the Commonwealth, the Commonwealth is all about putting up facades hello that's what they are they are a facade yes I realize that they're doing that to kind of keep morale high to keep these people safe and to make them not aware of the things that's going on outside of their walls but yeah it's a facade Mm -hmm. that's not the way the world is anymore Mm -hmm. yeah so Ezekiel does get some help and then, um, as Yumiko comes to find Mister Hornsby because she's demanding to know where her brother is, and you know he starts laying out his terms. This is what we need for you to do, and blah blah blah. Um, and you know he tells them, "Yeah, we're going to help your community, but we need you to do something in turn for us." Which we knew that was going to happen. Yeah. So, like I said, they send Eugene and Stephanie—not Stephanie—to go clear a section of their wall or their area. And they come across this dude and his girlfriend who were in the pavilion making out. And then there's walkers coming up towards them. So Eugene and Stephanie, not Stephanie, they go and they start killing the walkers. And this dude gets pissed and starts saying all these disrespectful things to Eugene. Now, the way that he was talking, of course, okay, so he is very much privileged white male smells of money even though I don't know what kind of money so I figure he had to be somebody important I said oh I said he's probably related to Miss Milton that's what I thought I said because the way that he's acting do you and Stephanie's like no do you know who that is blah 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 because what happens is he starts going off on them and I forgot what he did, but Eugene ends up punching him. And with- I, was like, <laughs> I was like, good for you, Eugene. But something tells me that was not the good thing. That, that was, was not, not a good thing for you to do. Right. That That's was not, not a good thing for you to do. So of course the guy, you know, Stephanie is like, do you know who that was? And blah, blah, blah. While Yumiko is waiting for her appointment with Miss Milton, there's a phone call. And the secretary says, I'm sorry, Miss Milton can't meet with you. Someone just attacked her son. I was like, oh, here we go. Oh, I died at that moment.
1: Like, he, he wasn't bloody though. And look what you did to my girlfriend. She saved your girlfriend, boo. Your girlfriend so. almost got bit by it. she you should have let her bite it. Should have let her bite it. Cause you clearly don't what who was that before that didn't realize it was somebody who didn't realize how extremely dangerous to walk was it? Aiden, it was Aiden. Cause remember he was all you know, uppity and all that, and then remember when, was it Glenn punched up? Oh, Aiden, yes. And, and, and uh, Deanna was like, good, you know, basically he needs, thank you, you mm-hmm, know, kind of like mm-hmm. a thank you for you know, knocking him off this high horse that he yes. was
0: on. So you are right. I had to think about. I was like, wait, because you said Aiden, and because he's more recent in my mind, I was thinking Alden. That, and I yeah. was like, hey, that's not right. Yeah, no. It when was, you said it, he it. was all up in it,
1: I was like, that's not Alden. Oh,
0: I remember who you were talking yeah, about. Aiden. Yeah, Aiden.
1: And remember when Glenn kind of knocked him on his ass and put him in his place, and Deanna was like, "Thank you." You know. mm-hmm Uh, miss miss milton need to be uh thank you because this this little terror then i say all these kids need a whooping girl
0: (laughs) here's the bad thing so while eugene is reading this boy for filth and i was all here like yes eugene give it to him get in his ass about how stupid he is like he's clearly one of these kids that has never been outside the walls He probably grew up in the Commonwealth because he looks like he has to be like maybe early 20s, maybe. So he spent most of his life behind the Commonwealth walls. Probably wouldn't know how to kill a walker if he needed to. Probably Mm -hmm. doesn't know the first thing about walkers. So when Stephanie kills this walker that's next to the girlfriend, did you notice that some of the blood got in her mouth? I did. So I'm like, okay, either Commonwealth is about to have a problem well, Commonwealth is about to have a problem. But it's going to have a problem. From from what I saw, it's going to have a problem. And then, of course, you know, they lock Eugene up. Mr. Hornsby comes in. And Eugene, like, Eugene does exhibit a lot of bravery in this episode. But, of course, we know Eugene has never been good for being locked up, for being secluded, mm-hmm. for being in those kinds of positions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this is exactly, I guess, what they really needed for him to be in because this is when Hornsby can really come in and get what he needs yeah make his demands so he's like okay you can either sit here and wait to be punished or you can tell us where where your community is and right before he walks out Eugene says wait and I was like okay so we were talking about you know Rosita being in Commonwealth armor, we've seen that promo. So this is probably what's going to happen. They're probably going to go to Alexandria and they're going to bring them back. And that's that's the thing. Eugene is like, look, I just need to guarantee my community safety. And honestly, if, if the Commonwealth go to Alexandria and see what kind of shape they're in, they're not going to... Uh, they don't seem to me like they would be the type of community that's just gonna go out and kill people, unlike the CRM, but
1: slaughtering whole cities. Girl.
0: <laughs> but like I said in the last episode, Alexandria has some strong people there. The fact that they have gone through everything that they have gone through and they are still sitting there fighting and preparing to fight and trying to rebuild. Anybody else, they they should have moved on. Alexandria is. Pretty much gone, but they're still fighting for it. So
1: yeah, at this point, but they wouldn't be able, they wouldn't all be able to leave. I don't, they wouldn't all be able to leave Alexandria. Why not? No, because Maggie and them still out there. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, they're coming. Yeah. You know, so every they, yeah, they we don't know how long me. it's gonna take
0: to true. You know to for them to get there. Maggie and them could be back by then. I mean, Maggie has a whole horde with her right now. They're about to retake Meridian. But I don't know, maybe, again, like I said, I feel like that priest went back and told Pope that they are still out there and I have a feeling he's probably preparing. Now, I don't know what he can do against the whole horde. I doubt if he has enough people to take on that whole horde, but... Absolutely not. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know if I see... I don't know if I see Meridian standing after this because if you're you're taking a whole horde that direction, there's gonna be some damage. Something's gonna
1: happen. Yeah. But the other interesting. Well, the fool stage, won't get damaged since it's locked
0: up, right? Which will be kind of moot point for. I mean, it'll it'll negate everything that they went through, all the people that they lost. I mean, Maggie lost all of her people except for Elijah. Mm-hmm. So, here's the interesting thing about the commonwealth and this uh miss milton's son this is something that i read the other day again casey and i have not read the graphic novel so we don't know anything about the community but this boy this impudent little whatever that eugene punched in the face he is the person that kills rick grimes in the comics really yep okay i didn't know that i didn't either until yesterday i was like that little shit killed Rick Grimes. What the fuck? So yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how this storyline is gonna proceed and move forward, and if they're right. gonna have somebody else be the person that he kills. Because in this show, Yumiko has taken Michonne's Commonwealth storyline. Because in the comics, Michonne actually finds her daughter living in the Commonwealth. Right. So Yumiko finds her brother, which is cool. But I want to know who's going to be that figurehead that ends up in this conflict, if they are actually going to go with that part of the comics again. I haven't read it, so I don't know. Aaron, I don't know if I want to say Aaron, but I mean, Ezekiel is not looking good right now. That's true. So I'm kind of wondering, and if I'm not mistaken, I think, I'm trying to remember, I think Ezekiel was one of the people that was killed In the Whisperer (laughs)
1: War or something like that. (laughs) So,
0: yep, his head was on a pipe. So, I don't know. It's just interesting. I just, oh, you know, the Commonwealth, it just, it looks like a fairy tale for our people, especially given everything that they've gone through and, you know, what they've had to do in the last 10 years. But I don't know. I just still don't, I don't know if I trust it. Hell no. I just don't. Don't. But I will say this, I probably trust them more than I trust the CRM at this point. And I'm just waiting to see. They have to bring the CRM into this show at some point. You can't keep giving us the helicopters season one, season this, season eight, and not explain that whole thing. Now, if you watch Fear the Walking Dead, you get a little bit more world beyond. You get a lot of the CRM because the CRM is the main antagonist in that show right which we need to talk about as well but yeah I'm just kind of like I I don't know the commonwealth just they sketchy they sketchy as fuck
1: I don't know yeah it it, is it's I don't know
0: but I wonder if I wonder if when the commonwealth if they go to Alexandria to get those people and you know of course the Alexandrians are probably like okay well we have other people that are still out there are the commonwealth gonna come across pope and his people that would be interesting now they're gonna be long dead oh okay Con- the pope and his people correct yeah. okay yeah. yeah okay
1: okay i got here we gonna wrap them up probably first part of the next eight
0: yeah so let's talk about that so i just realized that the season of 24 episodes is split into three parts of eight which means that next week's episode is the last that we're getting until the spring. I feel some kind of way about this. Right. I really feel some kind of way about this. I mean, on the one hand, I'm okay, because that means it extends how long we have the original show, because we're getting these eight episodes here. We get eight more episodes in the spring, and then we're getting eight more Mm. episodes next summer slash fall. So- that means that we will get the walking dead for another year so we're extending that heartbreak of the show ending but at the same time you mean to tell me that now I have to go months before I get new content I feel some kind of way and yes we will have you know we have the world beyond which started last week we have Um, fear the walking dead which will start next week for amc plus members but the you know the actual show is starting on the 17th but i'm just like y'all are gonna see so you know so you know they're about to leave us on a huge ass cliffhanger you know that's about to happen you know that's about to happen
1: because that'll be the episode that come out tomorrow
0: yes That comes out tomorrow for AMC Plus people, so it'll be next week. The 10th, I think, will be the last episode actually airing for everybody else. So we'll have to go from next week until whenever. You know they're about to leave us on a big cliffhanger.
1: A good one. A really good one. A really good one.
0: A really good one. I'm in my feelings, but okay. Don't be in your feelings. It's going to be good. I know real good but there's just so much like there are so many questions we're gonna have i already know this and i'm like y'all gonna make a stew on this for months
1: if it leaves now it mm-hmm. comes back well after the super bowl so february probably yes if that gives us eight weeks february that'll probably take us from march into april mm-hmm. ish, and then how big of a break would they take you think they wait till october again
0: I don't think they wait till October, maybe towards the end of the end of the summer, kind of like they did with this one, because we started in August this time. So maybe August, September ish.
1: For the last two months. Yeah, that's it.
0: That's it. So or m- maybe what they'll end up doing is they'll start it so that those last episodes would air that very final episode would air maybe right before halloween because the show premiered on halloween remember Ooh,
1: yeah now next year halloween.
0: yeah so next year halloween is on a monday so maybe they'll do it so that it kind of has that symmetry and they'll air it on the 30th so that it's literally
1: it ends the way it began. Like, yeah. yeah i
0: don't know yeah i don't know i just that would be so much for us to think about yeah. over the break But it'll give us a chance to go back, rewatch the episodes, kind of examine them in a new way. Because one thing I always find out, so we always talk and record the show. And then as I'm editing and I'm listening back to some of the things that we're saying, not just on this show, but on other episodes, you know, on other shows that we've reviewed on the podcast, as I'm listening to the things that we're saying, I'm like, oh, wait, I come up with new thoughts and then I remember something differently than I did when we recorded about it. And I'm like, Oh, I wish I would have said that or, you know, so that'll give us some time to kind of reevaluate the episodes and see what's going on. It'll give us some time to go and have some more fun. Casey and I are going back to Sonoya tomorrow. We're actually going to do the walking tour with Sonoya Rick, who is this? Okay. Y'all Sonoya Rick. When we first saw him, we we saw him when we went to our very first Nick and Norman's viewing party together, Casey and I. This was back in 2019, I believe it was. And this guy walks in and he's walking around and he is the spitting fucking image of Rick Grimes.
1: Super spitting.
0: Like I have photos of, yes, I have photos of us with him. He looks exactly like him, but he is also one of the tour guides for Water Tower Tours, which is where we booked our tour. So he's going to be the guide on our tour tomorrow. Like we specifically were like, we want to do a tour when he's leading. So they actually got back to me and they were like, okay, well, he's available on that day. So if you guys want to do it, we got got you. Yay. So we're going to do the walking tour. We're going to go to Nick and Norman's. We're going to have some fun. We're going to try to do some video. I have some new equipment. That i want to try out so we're going to try to do that and maybe you know i don't know we'll 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 put some fun stuff together so Absolutely. um and then i think yeah and i think we'll probably end up doing that maybe a couple of times for fear the walking dead and um world beyond if they do the viewing parties for those as well because those shows i think i i really think that by the end of all of this i know they keep saying the shows are not going to cross over or anything but i'm almost certain that you really can't do anything. Like, I feel like you can't introduce the CRM into all of these shows and they not connect. I mean, like we said, Jadis is going to be in the world beyond now. She was in the season two trailer. So there has to be some kind of connection. If Jadis is there, that means that Rick is somewhere in that world. So I think they're just telling us stuff because they can't tell us stuff. Right, right. But for them to say, no, Rick Grimes is not going to show up in the world beyond, yeah, but Jadis is there. Fuck y'all. I don't believe
1: you. right' <laughs> or, or she how has I feel. Some type of clue as to. Right. Cause I, I can't see them just having that whole thing, bringing her back. The viewer and fan response to her what, when she was in mm-hmm. that damn trailer, everything I read was like, oh my God, Pollyanna. Oh my God, Jadis. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God so there right. is no way you can bring her because that's when she left she hasn't been back since remember right so, because she th- left with rick exactly so there is zero way you can I- explain any. she's gonna have to have a conversation with somebody you know when i came here 10 years ago or you know the man i brought mm-hmm. so, something because you yeah. know at some point rick got out because how did his stuff end up on Bloodsworth island So at some point, Rick- Unless
0: that was a part of CRM too, because that was a big ship. That could have been something they were using to get across the water, trying to find other things. Because think about it. We found that stuff in Virgil's area, the, the area, you know, the island that Virgil was living on. And how did he lure Michonne there? He said that they had military grade weapons. Well, when she got there- the military-grade weapons were gone. And remember, Virgil said they had been attacked. That sounds like some CRM bullshit if ever I heard anything. And like we said, Rick was probably, again, paying off a debt because Rick was near death when Jadis took him on the helicopter. They probably patched him up, fixed him, and were like, okay, you have to do this for us because we took care of you, because we we saved you. And then not only that, if Rick- Mm -hmm. If they have talked to Rick and Rick knows that they are looking for a cure, they are trying to make a cure for this whole zombie illness. Rick is probably like, okay, you know what? My family probably thinks I'm dead anyway. Let me do this so that we can save the world and then I'll go back. He could very well think that.
1: Do you think he has amnesia? Remember he got blown off a bridge, dumped in the water.
0: could be he might not remember you know specifics but he remembers enough to know that judith is you know to to remember her or even to and see that's the thing too because when he drew that picture when we saw that picture of the phone oh yeah
1: she was older
0: she was older she had the straight hair he drew her with straight hair and he drew her with his sheriff's hat so i don't know if he has amnesia or if maybe he is seeing her in at some point they do travel by helicopter you know maybe he snuck away to see how they were doing saw that they were okay and left i don't know because she was a toddler when he blew up the bridge she was still like 4 true he had been gone about 6 years when we saw a more grown up judith true so he could have amnesia or he just could be in a, a a space where he's like, okay, they are trying to save everybody. And if they can do that, then my family is saved regardless. So let me, you know, that could be the case. Or like I said, they may be keeping him captive. We don't know what's going on, sure. but hopefully we'll find out. I, I want to see Michonne back. She needs to find Rick. Then, yeah, we, we have a lot. So, you know what, if they got to take until next year to tell us this story, I'll be okay. As long as they tell it right. Right. Like you can't give us, you can't no, us
1: story.
0: right. And I don't think they're going to do that because this season so far, I know there are some people I've, you know, I read the comments online. Some people Don't like the season. Some people hate it because they're like, there's not enough Carol. I'm like, y'all have to understand they are telling these stories in chunks. So right now, this is about Commonwealth and this is about the Reapers. Now, I have a feeling the next section is probably going to be still a little bit about those, but it'll be integrating a little bit more of Alexandria, especially since now Connie is back carol can have her redemptive arc where she forgives herself Mm -hmm. and starts working on who she's going to be now that she doesn't have this guilt of what she's done like she can start healing herself i have a feeling carol's going to be really strong in the next eight episodes and then the final eight episodes we can't have all the characters all the time this is a huge ensemble cast you can't focus right. on all of them all the time and tell a good story. Right. So, yeah, as much as I'm missing Carol and Daryl on the screen right now, they have two different stories to tell. And then when they come back together, that's going to be interesting because, like I said, Connie's alive. So, when Daryl comes back, that's going to be something he has to, like, I won't say deal with, but he's going hey, to have to come to grips with. Right. But what happens if he has the other boo in toe when he comes with this one? And then of course, you know my own theory. Like I said, I think Carol and Leah might be, might know each other or something. I'm still pushing that. I'm still pushing that that little head cannon. So yes, it's gonna be they're gonna have lots of great stuff for Carol. Just be patient. I know this because you can't make someone such a main, strong character on the front end and then just kind of push her off to the side of the back. I don't think they're going to do that. But they are going to need Carol in that, la- especially in that last eight episodes if they're doing a spinoff because they're going to have to build right. a story that tells us what the spinoff is about. Right. So we'll get her. <sighs>
1: we gotta, we got to right. I was just going to say, we, get, we got, hopefully tomorrow or tomorrow yeah tomorrow um since we mm-hmm. both watch uh early we'll, we'll see we gonna see us gonna see <laughs> yeah Us us to see us gonna see so we'll get that
0: and then like i said we'll have we'll have a break on the main show we are gonna start covering world beyond casey has made great strides in her fear of the walking dead watching yep so we should be able to cover that one time And so the Walking Dead coverage is going to continue. It just won't be the main show, but we will be covering the other shows. Casey and I are going to be going to Sonoya and doing those things and having fun and talking about that. So we'll still be okay with The Walking Dead after this last episode airs for 2021. But just stay tuned with us and we will keep talking about our favorite zombies and favorite zombie killers but for now that's it for our show you can find us online at www.fandomhybrid.com we are on social media on facebook instagram and twitter at phantom hybrid you can listen to the phantom hybrid podcast on all major podcast streaming platforms thanks for listening we hope you join the conversation next time